Hello, welcome to Wit Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mir. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are talking about chapters 16 through, sorry, 17 through 20. Yep. The I always forget that because we start with number one and then go through four that like we start on the odd because in my brain, I'm like, oh, it's four chapters. So four is an even number. So we start on the even number. Nope. Nope. Because <laughs> we read the even number. Yeah. Yes. So from here on forward and from here beyond, now you know why I always say the wrong chapters. Because <laughs> my brain is like, four is an even number. Therefore, it is an even number. Uh, but anyway, so we're go- we're going through chapter 17 through 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have the super duper quick recap, which I is do. really good. Because... I don't know what happens in these chapters. That's okay. I'm going to remind you very okay. quickly and in very little so. detail. <laughs> okay. Sounds you good. ready? Go ahead. Okay. Yes. I'm prepared. Number one, Anne is starting to visit her old school chum who is also in Bath. Her friend has fallen on some hard times, but they are getting through it and more on her to come. Two, Anne gets a letter from her sister Mary explaining a lot of nothing, and then Mm -hmm. she gets a follow-up in the same package of letters explaining a big something, and that's Louisa and Captain Benwick are going to get married, they're in love, and who could have foreseen that coming? Uh, Yes, it's very obvious that was going to happen. Um, and then Mary kind of puts some digs into Anne and is like, see, I told you, Anne, that he wasn't into you, duh. And then third, the Crofts are officially come to Bath. Admiral Croft is looking a little gouty, so they are going to come to Bath to hope that that helps him out. Um, and when he's there, he runs into Anne and he's like, Anne, guess what? Captain Benwick and Louisa are going to get married. Which we already know. Basically, we have back-to-back chapters saying the exact same information from two different people. Repetition? Hmm. And then finally, the last thing that happens is that Captain Wentworth is also come to Bath. And meets him, like, on the street, but it's, like, kind of awkward. And then it's rain and, like, stuff happens. And then she's like, oh, my God, when can I see him again? When can I see him again? She's, like, obsessed obsessing over him and she ends up seeing him at this concert that the honorable lady Darwimple is like hosting or putting on or like she's like the person basically in charge of the concert happening it's like for her it's a big deal mm-hmm. and he ends up going to the concert and they have like kind of a good conversation and then some weird stuff happens and then she's like holy shit he's super jealous of Mr. Elliot and he's in love with me but How do I tell him that he doesn't have to worry about Mr. Elliot without breaking any societal rules? And that is her conundrum. And that's basically what happened in these four chapters. Yeah. Minus some family nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) But we'll get into that. Yeah. So I think if I'm remembering correctly, it's these chapters start off with Anne looking for somebody else to hang out with. In Bath, that isn't her family. Yep. <laughs> or Lady Russell. Yep. Uh, she's just she's just over it. She's done. She's just like, I need somebody else. So she reaches out to a Mrs. Smith. Well, what happens is Anne runs into her old school governess, and her school governess is like, hey, do you remember Miss Hamilton? You two were BFFs. Um, she is here. Her name is Mrs. Smith now. You should probably go check in on her. And then Anne finds out all the stuff that she has been up to since she has been married. Yes. So I knew there was something about a governess in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but so Anne reconnects with her her old BFF. And a lot of bad things have happened to this poor woman. Mm-hmm. So she gets married and then her husband dies. I believe her. Did she have a kid that died? She did too? not have any children, no, she but didn't. her husband ran through all of their money. He was wealthy, yeah. but he lived much like Sir Elliot, mm-hmm. only didn't have a frugal enough person in his life to like check that spending. 
Yeah. So she gets married. She has money. Her husband runs all the money down. Then he dies. And now she is pretty much destitute. (laughs) Yes. She had a bad bout of rheumatism that wrecked Mm -hmm. her legs. So she can't move without assistance. Yeah. So she has no money. She's ill. And so she's in bath in hopes of like kind of maybe getting better because the bath and at least and bath the is pain. supposed to be good. Yeah, and yeah. everything like that. But she's staying at this house and she feels really bad because like she doesn't have a lot of money, but she does have like she sorry, she requires assistance. Yeah. So she's like, I don't know what to do because like on one hand, like I need assistance, but I don't really have a lot of money. And I think there are people who are like willing to help her out yes. that she feels a little bad about. So at so. at first she is like she her spirits were really low, but like a lot of generous people have come to help her out. There's this woman in particular, and I forget how she gets connected to this woman. It's somebody who like owns this property and she's like, you can have this room in the back, which is basically a parlor and a bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then she, that woman, her sister is a nurse. Um, Nurse Rook, and Nurse Rook really helps Mrs. Smith out in the beginning um, by, like, taking care of her and then becomes a really close confidant and a close friend of hers where, like, Nurse Rook goes out and, like, gets all the hot goss, the hot tea, and, like, comes Mm -hmm. back and brings it to her. And also they give her, like, some employment. Like, they taught her how to knit. So she, like, makes things. And not just makes things to sell, which she does do, but she also makes things for people who are poorer and Mm -hmm. worse off than her, which she it's pretty bad for her. But Mm -hmm. she's, like, finding ways to, like, help and contribute. And that, like, in turn brings her spirits up and Anne when she goes to see her is expecting her to be wretched and she's not Mm -hmm. and and she she likes that she's able to to help out she's able to kind of pitch in while also making a little bit of money that she can then give to the people who are helping her out Mm -hmm. and her spirits really start to come or get brighter too as Anne shows up and Anne starts visiting her as well because now she has somebody else to talk to yeah and Anne loves talking to her she's like wow you know she she really hasn't changed in terms of her personality and spirit since they knew each other in school so basically their history is Anne is super sad when she's in bath as we know because her mother has just died when she's in bath the first time at Mm -hmm. school Right? And was she in yep. bath and so okay, whatever. Yeah, when she yeah. was at school, that's she why, was sad. That's why when that's in why the she last hates one, bath. She's like, I don't want to go to bath, and then now I have to go to bath, but yeah. I don't like bath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she was super sad. Her mom had just died. She's all by herself. And Mrs. Smith, who was Miss Hamilton at the time, is like a few years older than her, and like very like like I don't I don't know the the term, but like she's very like sought after, smart, sensible, mm-hmm. accomplished, you know, all the blooms of life. And she, like, helps Anne and, like, takes care of Anne in this sad times. And then now there's, like, the point where they're, like, switched. Like, Anne is now in, a, in like, a bloom of her life toward the end of her 20s. And Mrs. Smith has fallen on hard times. But, like, they really connect over, like, their past Mm -hmm. together and like how close they were and yeah and Anne really understands like the whole her husband blew through all the money because at one point she's sitting there thinking this is what my father has been doing and could continue to do and this is this is something that my family could like it could happen to my family yeah. and like it frustrates her that it happened to Miss Smith and it happens to like it could happen to her family. I think she even says something like this could be my family if Mr. Elliot doesn't marry Elizabeth mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So I do just want to point out in this chapter um, they have a big conversation about Nurse Rook and how intelligent she is um, for a woman of her station and like not quote unquote educated like high education of the time because high education of the time was like arts and Mm -hmm. embroidery and you know female things um so like their conversation about nurse rook and like how smart she is and how like caring she is and like how she's able to go out into the world and take care of 
people, but also suss out information in a way that's like not overstepping, but still gathering enough to bring back so that she can like keep Mrs. Smith up to date on what's going on in society. Because Mrs. Smith at one time when she was with her husband was part of a good society. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like exercises her mind and then Anne finds out she's like, wow, that is really cool that you you <laughs> have that person who can go do that. It's really good to have somebody who knows what's going on with certain people in mm-hmm. our community and in our society that's how we that's how we survive and connect really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. information is power it is but at the end of this section you know miss sir elliot and elizabeth they are still fostering the connection with lady dalrymple they get invited to go over there everybody's going to go everyone's going to be there it's going to be the best evening ever and Anne's like, oh, I have to go visit my friend, my bad, because <laughs> she does not want to go because she doesn't no. like her hoity-toity cousins and she doesn't, you know, like seeing her family be fawning all over them. Yeah. And her yeah. dad, like, goes on this tirade about, like, who mm-hmm. is this Mrs. Smith? This is nobody. Where is she staying? Why would you go there? I, I, she... She must be in shock to see somebody like you going mm-hmm. over there, like... He talks specifically about how her name is Smith. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, just another Smith. She marries a Smith. Who's this Smith? Everybody is a Smith. She's not nobody in particular. Which is funny because her husband used to have a lot of money. Yeah. Like, he was somebody. But he's just like, no, the Smith. The Smith. Everybody and their brother is named Smith. Well, but it also shows you, like, how... (sighs) I'm trying to find the right words for it, but, like... A woman without a husband is, like, mm-hmm. nothing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, it just shows you, like, him being dead and, like, her history and, like, their life and that money is, like, wiped out of, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people's minds. Because when you fall that far in society, that's kind of what happens. People just forget about you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But Anne is, like, I would much rather be over there <laughs> yeah. than with you guys. Yeah, because between the cousins and watching her family, like, embarrass her and just, like, try to get on the good graces of Lady Dalrymple and all of that, like, I cringe thinking about it. Yeah, it is very (laughs) cringe, for sure. Yeah. But Anne cannot escape hearing about that evening. So at the very tail end, Lady Russell and Mr. Sir Elliot, they're, like, all kind of talking about it. And Lady Russell brings up, oh, Mr. Elliot was there. You know, Anne, he was talking a lot about you, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. She very clearly see that sees that Mr. Elliot is into Anne, and she, like, starts mm-hmm. to give Anne hints, and Anne's like, no. Um, but Lady Russell's like, well, I mean, if you did marry him, you would be Lady Elliot. You would take your mother's place. You would never have to leave your home. It would be so great. And Anne's like, holy shit, that would be great for, like, a hot second. But then mm-hmm. she's like, but I would be married to Mr. Elliot. And she's like, nope, I can't. So that's like, I don't get like immediate dislike or even disgust from Anne when it comes to thinking about Mr. Elliot. In and that she's way. not. She isn't. Right. She isn't disliking him or disgusted by him. She recognizes that he's well-bred. There's nothing that he's done to upset her. But then she starts thinking more in depthly, and she's like, but also there's nothing that he's done to upset anyone. And yeah. for, like, somebody of that even-keeled kind of temper, to her that is distrustful. She's like, yeah. he must be hiding something. Well, I'm just thinking, like, in in other Austin novels, we've had this weird tension mm-hmm. where we see the guy who clearly has a thing for the girl and either like there's a little bit of shared interest or there's a bit of disgust or there's clear distrust. Yeah. And that breeds this tension as we watch the guy continue to flirt with the girl or kind of try to get her on his side. And uh, that isn't 
really happening in these chapters with these two characters. Like, no. we see him clearly liking her, yeah. but there is just nothing coming from Anne Elliot. She's like a fucking wall. Like, she's yeah. nice and she engages right. with him in conversation. But it might as well just be one of those, like, no-name characters that she meets right. on the street. Yeah. It's really interesting after reading, like... Pride and Prejudice when we have Mr. Collins and Lizzie and there's all of that tension and in Emma we have Emma and Frank Churchill and that's the one where she kind of is flirting back and then we have uh, Fanny Price and Henry Crawford and it's just like I I was sitting here waiting for that especially after like the last section when he first started talking to her and it was very clear oh yeah he he does think Anna's a snack he yeah. really does like her and I'm like there's no response from this girl she's just I mean, there's almost there like is, she's aloof. Like there, she's just like, I don't care. Hold on. There is response to her to a degree. She is 100% herself with him and like mm-hmm. a little flirty without being flirty. But she just can't get over the fact that like he makes himself agreeable to every single person who's around him. Mm-hmm. And all these people have very different personalities. And she's like, what the hell? Like she, it, she's just like, he's just too careful. He's just too careful with his words and it it mm-hmm. like puts her on edge. Plus also she's in love with Wentworth and she's never going to get over Wentworth. Right, so like, right. you know, that's there another big that. part of it. And I think the reason the other reason why I'm sitting here like where's all of this? Like where's Anne Elliot? Why does she feel like it's, you know, like she's not really there? Is I think because we know that she still loves Wentworth. And we see her, like, inner monologue when, like, he's around and, like, her excitement and stuff. But it still doesn't feel the same as it has in other books. Like, and I don't know why. I mean, like, well, towards the end of this, we get a little bit of emotion from her more so. But it's been a while. Like, we're almost done with the book. Yeah. And there's just this one nugget of really, like, intense emotion from Anne. And it's just like, I don't know. At first I was like, I don't actually know how she really feels about him in certain ways. Like, she says stuff, but I don't see it all the time. You mean time. how she feels about Wentworth? No, what, how she oh, feels Mr. about Mr. Elliot. Yeah. She just like, doesn't trust him. Yeah. She no, doesn't no, no. trust I, him. And I get that. It's yeah. just that, you know, like, we have to trust what Anna's saying. Yeah. Because that's what she does. She says it. She yeah. doesn't just, there's no emotion. I want emotion. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Well, and and you know she really checks herself. She she really she feels does. like she can't show emotion. She's very repressed. Poor Anne. Yeah, very repressed. <laughs> I know what it's like to have repressed you know, emotions. <laughs> it's interesting because she is, but not in the same way that Fanny Price was. Yeah, yeah. With Fanny, Fanny, Fanny was, it was all moral. Yeah. With Anne, With Anne it just it's almost like it's uh like I'm not. It I, feels I don't like a defense mechanism. To me. It does. Yeah. It does. But I was also thinking, like, like because with Fanny Price, she's all about morality. And Anne Elliot seems to be more of an intellectual type of person. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that intellectuals are, like, repressed. But no. she comes off as, like, she's repressed in that sense. Yeah. Like, she's, like, she leans more like that. She's not repressed because of religion or morality. She's repressed in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. She's very... <sighs> Clinical, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. That's not the word I was looking for, but... I feel like she just... She had a lot of upsets when she was younger. She lost her mom. She lost the love of her life. And it just kind of... And she was with, like, her father who doesn't appreciate her, her sister who ignores her, and another sister Mm -hmm. who is just, like, complaining all the time. And then there's just Anne. And it's just like, how can I contend with all of this? And the one person she feels like she can trust who which is lady russell feels almost like she can't because of like what she said about wentworth and like how nervous Mm -hmm. she is all the time for wentworth and lady russell to like meet each other so like even the people who she is supposed to care about and trust the most you know Mm -hmm. there's there's still brokenness there you know i was just thinking it's it's probably because she's the middle child middle child she's the middle yeah which I'm an I'm an older child, so I don't understand that as much. Same. Like I don't, yeah. But I think it's I think that might be it. Is that it's a middle child? It's because she's a middle child. Maybe. Yeah. 
Because if you think about it, Mary acts like the youngest child yeah. and Elizabeth acts like the oldest child. For sure. Yeah. And then Anne's just there having to clean up all the messes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that brings the end to that, like, first part. Um, what happens mm-hmm. next is we get a big, long letter from Mary. And, you know, we don't really need to go completely into it because really all that's the most important is that Louisa and Benwick are in love and they're going to get married. And I don't want to say that that's not important because it is, but it's not important in the sense that that's all tied up, neat in a bow, good, we're done. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why I feel like it should be talked about is because how Anne reacts to it and then how Wentworth talks about it later. Um, so basically what we need to know is that Anne's biggest concern with this is that there could potentially be love lost between Wentworth and Benwick because she knows that Wentworth was into Louisa and now Benwick has swooped in. And she's like, oh, no, is there a competition? Is he jealous Mm -hmm. of Benwick? Like, is he mad? Like, you know, so like that's those are her concerns there. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't like get a good enough answer from Mary because Mary's not describing that. She's just describing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then when she runs into the Admiral, she gets the account from the Admiral. And the Admiral is like, he tells things like a man. <laughs> yeah. Which which we have to start with. So Anne runs into the Admiral without his wife mm-hmm. as they're walking. Because they, she usually sees them walking together. And again, and I think that this is adorable. She watches them and just admires about, like, she admires that how cute they are mm-hmm. as a couple. Because they the are. Couple. They are. Yeah. They're hashtag cutest couple. It's adorable. It is. But she runs into him without his wife. So she walks with him and he says something like, oh, I have something I need to tell you. But hang on. There's this guy over here. I know we need to say hi. And then they walk over and they say hi. And then they're going and they're walking. And then it's like, oh, no, I won't tell you here. We should walk over here. Oh, this other guy that I need to tell you about. Oh, hey, let me introduce. I bet that guy over there, he thinks that, you know, you're my wife or he's going to be shocked that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, and the whole time, Anna's like, for the love of God, just freaking tell me. Wait, but before they even start walking together, she comes across him while he's looking at a painting of a ship. And he's like, Anne, oh, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with your painters? That's not a ship. It's like, it's like such a fandom moment where it's like, mm-hmm. I am so familiar with this thing. How dare you try to recreate it? Like, you don't know what you're doing. He's like, Anne, could you believe this? Who would sail this ship? And it's like, it's a painting. But it's like, Anne, look at these cliffs. They're talking about the cliffs. They should be talking about the ship and how terrible it is. I forgot about the picture. <laughs> he just like goes on. He's like, he's very clearly fanboying over mm-hmm. this, but in like mm-hmm. all the wrong ways and all the ways that, that are wrong with it. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a character. He says he, he really is such is. a character, but he's yeah. so funny. But anyway, but then yes, they go on this walk and he's pointing out all these people that he knows and he's like, oh my God, I got to tell you something. Wait, look at this person. Oh my God, I got to tell you something. Oh God, thank God he's on the other side of the street. He wouldn't want to see me with you. <laughs> and Anne's like, what the fuck do you have to tell me? Just tell me. And then at the end of the walk, when they get back to wherever they're going, he's like, oh yeah, Louisa and Benwick are getting married. She's like, I fucking know. And she's like, <laughs> she doesn't say that, but like, like duh. <laughs> I already know, dude. Why did I walk with you? <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt as the reader. I was like, Admiral Croft, we already know this is not new information. Uh, I'm like, this walk could have been an email. <laughs> It totally could have been an email. This walk uh, was an email. It was from my <laughs> sister. Um, but but she does use the opportunity to question him about the relationship between Wentworth and Benwick. Because she's like, oh, mm-hmm. here will be more insight. I want to know about this. And of course, he like doesn't really have any insight. He's like, Mm-mm. oh, no, Wentworth and Louisa, they're cool. He's cool. You know, if a girl likes some guy better, Wentworth will back off. It's fine. It's like, oh, no, I meant like him and Benwick. He's like... Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. No worries. And that's it. He's, like, talking forever about how they're together. And then, like, two sentences about, nah, Mm -hmm. he's fine. And Mm -hmm. he's like, this is not satisfactory. Yeah, yeah. He had more insight into the the, The the ship ship than he did Wentworth. Yes. Well, then I believe uh, she runs into Wentworth. 
She does run into Wentworth. So it's prior to her knowing that he's in Bath. So she mm-hmm. is out with her sister Elizabeth, Mrs. Clay, and Mr. Elliot. And it starts to rain and they duck into this shop. And they find out that Lady Dalrymple's carriage is there and they're trying to like get a ride back. Unfortunately, there's not enough room. It's a barouche specifically, let me say that, because barouches, Mm -hmm. as we've talked about, are like the cream of the crop of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, How dare she drive something that's not a barouche. Not a barouche. Less than four horses, never. (laughs) Um, So it only seats four, so only two of the party can go. And after like much politeness and like back and forth, Mrs. Clay... And Elizabeth will go in the carriage. Mr. Elliot and Anne will walk. And while they're waiting for, like, all this to, like, happen, Anne looks out the window and she sees Wentworth. And he's surrounded by, like, a bunch of guys and a bunch of girls. Like, basically his posse. And she's like, oh, my God, he's here. And she, like, gets up to go, like, see him closer. Like, she gets out of her seat. And she's like, I shouldn't be doing this. But you know what? I got to indulge myself sometimes. And that's how she's different from fanny price where she's like i know i shouldn't do this but damn it feels good to do it so i'm gonna do it yeah yeah and he sees her seeing him (laughs) and he's like yeah holy shit he's super embarrassed and she's like i got you because i saw you first (laughs) (laughs) it's like a little mind game to her which i am living for i mean this like the whole like quote-unquote new relationship between her and Wentworth like since he came back into her life has like all been it has all been this like mind game thing for her it's like very much like oh he spoke to me oh okay so I made so he made that move now this is what I need to do okay I did this and this is how he reacted okay so this is what I'm gonna do next (laughs) yeah she is very much playing the game and at first Mm -hmm. it's like he's distant then it's like he said something to me then it's like I overheard this conversation and he might still love me. Then it's like, nah, he loves Louisa. And then, like, Louisa breaks her head and, you know, I don't know. He writes her a letter and she's, like, happy. And then she goes away and she won't see him. And then she's sad. And then he props up in her life again. She's happy. Like, it's it's a roller coaster of emotions. But I feel like she's doing it to herself. Oh yeah, she is. She's one hundred percent doing it to herself. Yeah, she's she's laying the track of the roller coaster yeah. as she's going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: like, this doesn't need to be this complicated. <laughs> here's the thing: so is Wentworth. They are like one hundred percent perfect yeah. for each other. They're doing the exact same things. We just see more of it from Anne's perspective, but we know mm-hmm. like. Wentworth came back and he was hurt by Anne. And then he was talking about the kind of woman he wants to marry and describing Anne. And, like, mm-hmm. he says nice things about Anne and he writes Anne a letter. And then he sees Anne unexpectedly and is like, oh, my God, that's Anne. And he, like, sees this guy looking at Anne. He's like, oh, I'm jealous. Don't look at Anne like that. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you are also a train wreck. Yeah. Like, can you two just, like, get a room? Like, that's, that's like, the vibe. It's like, <laughs> you guys just need to get a room. Yeah. I really am looking forward to reading, uh, when we get to the adaptation, Amanda Grange's version of this through Wentworth's point of oh, view. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so most of their first meeting is, like, in Anne's head and, like, mm planning out seeing him and then like they are talking and it's pretty civil but it's like mostly about the weather and little simple things because they're just passing by in a shop and then Mr. Elliot comes in and is like let's go but like he also Wentworth is also like caring about her because he's like well I have this umbrella here why don't you take it or better yet why don't you just sit with me for a bit until the rain stops and then Mr. Elliot comes in and is like "All right, Mm -hmm. we gotta go sorry that took me so long and then she has to go Mm -hmm. but he offered to do things for her. Even though she refused mm. them, he offered. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I can ride that high for a little bit longer. I I can't remember if it's at this point or if it's later. 
But at some point, she has a minor panic attack about the idea of Lady Russell running into Captain Wentworth while it's, he's there. It's So it's after they meet in the shop, and then she's out yeah. with Lady Russell, and she sees Wentworth, and she's with Lady Russell, and she's like, oh my god, she's going to see him, oh my god. And then Lady Russell starts to open her mouth to say something, and Anne's like, oh my god, she saw him, what's she going to say? And then she just starts talking about curtains, and Anne's like, yep. oh. <laughs> Um, and then that brings us to the last thing, which is this concert that is, um, the term I was looking for is patronized. So Lady Darwimple is the patron mm, yep, of this yep, concert. Yep, yep. Um, and Anne's like excited to go because it's a music I think you mean, concert. I think you mean patronage. Patronize is different. It says in the book, benefit of a person patronized by Lady Darwimple. I know that I'm pretty sure they come from the same thing. I just I feel like I don't know. Yeah, but in this sense, and because it's like an old word, it's it is the patronage. That's what it means. But in the book, she wrote patronize. P-A-T-R-O-N-I-S-E-D. I am two days away from a week long vacation. My brain isn't working. Okay. (laughs) I mean, this is this is like original text spelled like in the. Yeah, 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 I get you. Basically, but my is like, that's not right. That means to talk down to someone. I think she means patronage. Yeah. But no, you're right. You're right. Basically, Lady Dalrymple is putting this on. Mm-hmm. And Anne's like kind of bummed because she hasn't had a chance to bump into Wentworth because he does certain things that her family doesn't do, like go out and do interesting stuff while she's stuck in home with her crazy family. Mm-hmm. But she, when this concert happens, she's like, oh, he likes music. Maybe I'll see him there. And she does. And that brings us to our last section, which is very exciting, in my opinion. This is the most exciting chapter of this part. There's real emotion. There's so much going on. So they get there. Drama. They're there first. Lady Dalrymple comes in with Mr. Elliot and someone else. Oh, Wallace. Colonel Wallace. Captain Wallace, something Wallace, whatever. The guy that that Sir Elliot is cool with, (laughs) basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, I like him. Even though he's in the Navy or whatever. Yeah, even though he's in the Navy because he doesn't look ugly. Yeah. So they come in. Wentworth comes in and, like, goes over to Anne. He's It looks like he's just going to pass her by, but Anne, like, makes a conversation with him. And then, you know, he's like, okay, well, I'll talk to you. And then her family, like, acknowledges him, which is great because the past couple times she's ran, run into him, Elizabeth has completely ignored Wentworth. And Anne is mortified by this. That is not cool mm-hmm. to do. It's not cool to snub somebody who you know. Mm-hmm. But finally, at this concert, she does acknowledge him. And it's probably because she's, like, out in society and she can't, like, you know, be rude. Um, so they're talking, and this is where they get into the conversation about Louisa and Benwick. So she finally mm-hmm. hears what happens. Um, and he's like, yeah, it's fine. It makes sense. It's okay. But then he also says some other things that I was very confused by. Like, is he a little bit jealous or upset? Or is he just more upset that Louisa got hurt? So he was... He, I think he does feel guilty about what happened to Lisa. For sure, yeah. So there's th- definitely that. But how I took this whole thing was that it was like, oh yeah, I'm okay with the fact that Benwick is with her because I wasn't really that interested. While I do feel guilty for what happened. Okay. I do feel guilty about that. But I really, like, he's subtly saying, I wasn't really that interested in Louisa because I'm interested in somebody else. Like, he's kind of subtly saying it. Like, yeah. he's, yeah. Like, the way he's talking was, like, to me, the subtext for me was that he wasn't that interested in Louisa. He was just kind of, like, being nice and having fun uh, because he can't really, like, he couldn't really fall in love with Louisa mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And and it subtly hints that it's because he's either in love with somebody else or at least has feelings for somebody else and very very much that it's more that it's Anne right more so than oh and now I now I get it now that I'm looking back at it again 
I think I was thrown off by his last thing that he says, which is about how a man like that could be so in love with Louisa when Fanny Harville was like so superior in mind and whatever, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. he says about her. But he's only, he's, he's not saying that to like slight Louisa. He's saying it because it seems a shock that he would do this. However, I don't think that Louisa and Benwick calculated falling in love. It is 100% mm-hmm. spontaneous um, mm-hmm. because I know Benwick's character and then for this to happen, it, it, it could be nothing but spontaneous and like, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. more sense now. Yeah, because Anne, even when she first heard about this uh, engagement, was like, "They are very different types of people. How is this going to work?" And it's because they are different people. Like, but yeah, Wentworth pretty much says, "Yeah, it's a very it like it's it seems weird, but it is actually like love." Yeah. So. And so he's fine with it. Yeah, and he seems so chill. Because not only is it love, but also because he didn't have those feelings, really. Yeah. And that's the thing that he kind of says a little bit more subtly. But then he also jumps in and is like, but don't get me wrong, I feel super guilty about what happened. Yeah. Because had I not been goofing off and having fun, this wouldn't have happened. Right. And I think that that's where I got that he was just kind of having fun with Louisa is because while he was kind of saying, if we hadn't been goofing off and being silly and jumping off the stairs... But I kind of took it the way he was saying it with, you know, everything else was like, if I hadn't been like having fun in flirting with Louisa. Right. This wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah, that kind makes of twofold. sense. Yeah. yeah. It's one is like the literal action, but the other is like the fact that she was falling in love with him mm-hmm. and like he was being sucked into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, Well, then they start talking about Lime and how he spent a lot of time in Lime on his own while he was waiting for Louisa to be out of danger. And Anne's like, oh, I would really like to go back to Lime. He's like, what? How would you like to go back to Lime? That's where Louisa almost died. I would imagine you would have hated it. And she's like, no. (laughs) It was fine until she almost died. And then it was terrible. Right. But before that, everything was cool. Yeah, (laughs) Just so and I think she random. says something like, "She's like that happens, like any like at any time something can be pretty awesome, and then something terrible happens, and then later on in life when you look back at it, you're like more like to remember the good times, yeah. than the tragedy. Exactly. So she yeah. says now that if Louisa had died, it would have been a different right. story. Well, <laughs> and she also says like." If you only know suffering in a place, then of course you're not going to like mm-hmm. it. And I, I feel like that was kind of a dig at Bath because Anne has only yeah. ever really mm-hmm. known suffering in Bath up until this yeah. point. I mean, mm-hmm. but, you know, who knows? Bath could end up being her favorite place. I mean, I don't know. We shall see. <laughs> what if it's the opposite? What if, like, it's all terrible and then one nice thing happens? Does like, it change it your mind the forever? Same? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we shall see. What is better, the suffering or the joy? Like, what is going to be the stronger force on you? After their conversation, they have to kind of stop because everybody comes in and the concert's going to start. During the concert, she's sitting next to Mr. Elliot. She's kind of boxed in by her family, so Wentworth can't Mm -hmm. be near her, which is a little frustrating to her, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Her and Mr. Elliot are talking about, like, the program and they get to like an Italian mm-hmm. song and she's like translating the Italian that's written on the page and he's like oh wow that's amazing she's like well I mean I'm not that great at Italian even though I'm flawlessly translating Italian right now <laughs> and he's like and Elliot like you clearly know what you're doing she's like nah it, I I I could never speak it to somebody who's a native speaker, even though I'm flawlessly translating it so perfectly. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, and I feel like this is where she's flirting, like with, with Mr. Elliot. Yeah, I don't know. Because like, it immediately changes when he says what I took as something really creepy. But okay, I what was see creepy? how somebody might. It's the thing where he's like, Anne Elliot. It's such a pretty name. 
you should get to keep it your whole life. Oh, that part. See, I don't know. I thought that was like kind of swoony. Um, I I felt creeped out because it really is him just being like, yeah, I, I really want to marry you. But like, because it's coming from him and there hasn't been this like, tension this you know it just came off as creepy to me hmm. i was i didn't i didn't get creeped out by it um i also because you have to remember that if a woman marries a man and her name doesn't change it's because they're related well yeah that part sucks <laughs> but like the fact that you know i should like you to keep your name that's that was really more of his way of saying i'm interested in you in a serious way Right, and I like, get that, and I it still kind of creeped me out. He wasn't. I don't felt. I don't feel like it was forceful or anything. It. I think that was just him, like I throwing think, his hat in the ring and saying, "Hey, Anne, I'm into you. This is how I'm going to no, show I, you I I'm get serious." That. I get that, but I think it was. Now you have to remember that I'm listening to the audiobook. Yeah, because I never have time to sit down and fucking read. So it could also be like the lead up to it and then the way it was delivered for the audiobook as well, which don't get me wrong, I'm listening to a great audiobook version, but I, I, I there was a lot of things that went into it feeling creepy for me. So yeah, I'm allowed to feel like it was creepy. You can feel like it's creepy. I'm just <laughs> telling you that I didn't, I didn't feel no, that I didn't, way. I, I, I'm sure plenty of people out there disagree with the fact that I think it's creepy. I just, it felt creepy to me. Or at the very least, it felt slimy. Okay. So do you know what was more creepy and more slimy to me? Is Mm -hmm. when he looks at Anne and he's like, you know, the name Anne Elliot has been interesting to me for a long time because I know this guy from back in the day who was talking about you and how great you are. And ever since then, I haven't been able to stop thinking about you and Anne's like who the fuck's been talking about me and he's like Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna tell you but he said all these great things and like I just can't get you out of my head and it's like how long ago was this dude like were you married still like what the hell it's weird think of that I keep forgetting that he was married like six months ago yeah oh but no that added to the slime factor of that whole thing and Anne's curious. She's like interested because how can you not be? Like you want to know who said something yeah. about you. You want to know what they said. And it's like. Yeah, especially because she didn't have any contact with Mr. Elliot before this. Yeah. So like who do they have in common? Because like it clearly wasn't her family because he was like essentially exiled from the family. Yeah. The only person. That's a strong word. but The only person she can think of is. Um, Wentworth's brother. She thinks that Wentworth's brother and Mr. Mm. Elliot have a connection. That's the only person she could think of who would have mm. something to say about her. But then at the same time, she didn't really know Edward that that well. Yeah. So she's she really then, doesn't have any idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. She's just like, okay, well, you think highly of me, but I don't know why. Then you tell me that you hope my name never changes and that feels weird. And then she overhears this conversation happening behind her. Lady Dalrymple is talking to Sir Elliot, I believe. Or Sir Walter. No, it is Lady Dalrymple. Okay, okay. And she is talking about this very fine looking man. He must be Irish. And Sir Walter Elliot is like, no, no, that's just Captain Wentworth. And she's like, the fuck? She thinks Captain (laughs) Wentworth is good looking? What is happening? What is, literally, what is happening? I think her reaction is the reason why I thought it was Lady Russell at first. Because I was like, wait a second, what? But no, it makes more sense that it would be Lady Dalrymple. Yeah, and then that's when Anne, like, looks over at him and like he's not looking at her she's like why isn't he looking at me i can i feel like he was looking at me but now he's not oh no does he see me talking to this other guy who's clearly attracted to me oh no (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) bad things are happening and it does carry over so like eventually like when it's like wrapping up this concert there's still like one more song 
And Wentworth is like, I'm going to go. And he's like all of a sudden really cold to her. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, there's one more song. Just stay. And he's like, no, I'm going. Bye. Because she's yeah. having a conversation with him. And then Mr. Elliot comes over and is like, hey, can you go explain Italian to Lady Carteret or whatever her name is, however you say it. Yeah. And then Wentworth like shuts down. And he's like, crap. Because Anne can't say no. She has yeah. to go do it. And then by the time she gets back to Wentworth, he's like, all jealous and brooding and his leaves in a huff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Anne can't tell him that she loves him because society. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. So, like I said, lots of drama. So much drama. And as the person who hasn't read the book and has zero reference for what's going to happen, um, here's what I'm predicting. Okay. Wait, before you give your prediction, there's one Go thing ahead. I forgot to say, and that's kind okay. of important. Go ahead. Let's, like, <laughs> sorry, guys, I'm all over the place. This is what happens when we record late on a Thursday night. <laughs> Which has been happening more and more frequently because we're both way too fucking busy. <laughs> and I'm a mess. Okay. <laughs> Rewind. Let's, you know, go back. Thank you. Um, We are in the shop. It's raining. Anne's talking to Wentworth for the first time. The conversation's going well. Mr. Elliot comes over and says, Anne, we gotta go. Anne leaves. Captain Wentworth's friends come over to him, and the women who are among the group are like, damn, that Anne Elliot is pretty. I know it's not okay to say that she's pretty because she's supposed to be ugly, but she is gorgeous. And all the other girls are like, she is pretty. <laughs> So, like, and Wentworth is overhearing all these people saying that. Basically, Anne's a snack, which he already knows. But, Mm -hmm. sorry, I just wanted to point that out, that, like, not that it matters. Anne is beautiful no matter what. But, like, other people are saying it, and Wentworth is like, God damn it. I just can't quit you. (laughs) That really is a thing in this book, though, is that, like, at the beginning, Anne is like, meh. And then as the book goes on, Anne is like, everybody's like, Anne, you're so pretty. Anne, you're so pretty. Her dad says, Anne, you're really pretty. All of a sudden, now that I'm no longer around. <laughs> this book is like, kind of like she's all that in a way. <laughs> like Anne takes off her glasses and it's like, whoa, you have eyes? <laughs> But seriously, though, like, Anne is away from her father and her sister and not in Bath. Yeah. And she suddenly gets prettier. Yeah. And, like, when she arrives back in Bath and now everybody is talking about it. Yeah. And it's like, but Wentworth saw that she was pretty before. He did. But anyway. Anyway. So. Your prediction. My predictions. Wentworth is the one who told Elliot about Anne back in the day. And... When Anne left to go teach Italian to What's-Her-Face, Elliot and Wentworth had some words, and he's now upset because of the words that had been had, and that's why he left the concert upset at Anne. And those words may have been something along the lines of either Anne said something bad about him, or... That Anne is actually, like, madly in love with Mr. Elliot or something like that. Is that he's frustrated with Anne and he doesn't see that Anne is actually still in love with him. Because he's blind. Hmm. Hold on, I need to look. I think that is. Well, you can't tell me. I'm not. No, no, I'm not looking ahead. I'm just looking where that happened. Yeah, I, it doesn't say whether Mr. Elliot went with Anne when she had to go talk about Italian with Miss Carteret. We don't know. We only know that Anne had to go over there. And then mm-hmm. after a few minutes, she could have the freedom to go back to Wentworth. And when she did, he was ready to leave. And the only thing Anne can think of is that he's jealous of Mr. Elliot. It's the only motive that she can come away with. I, I kind of got similar vibes as to uh, what happened with uh, John Thorpe and General Tilney in Northanger Abbey, where like when uh, 
Catherine is like not there and around like this interaction between the two guys happened and that causes a different reaction with the main character. Maybe. I don't, I feel like Mr. Elliot isn't that devious. I think what- Oh, I don't mean, I yeah. I, I just mean like the same like, uh, like plot structure yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I not just- Not like motive. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think, I think that Elliot says something- to Wentworth that's like oh Anne and I are in love or something like that and he gets frustrated and Wentworth gets frustrated by it and he's mad at Anne I feel like it's more hey Wentworth just so you know I'm into Anne and I'm the heir to her estate and this is probably gonna happen I just feel like it's probably like a warning I feel like he's not bringing necessarily Anne's feelings into it I feel like he's not saying Anne loves me I just feel like he's, like, saying to Wentworth, hey, I'm into Anne. I'm going to get Anne, so you need to step off. But I feel like Wentworth's cold reaction to Anne indicates that he has beef with Anne now. Whatever was said, he now has beef with Anne. I think he's just mad and upset and is like, I'm just going to go because Mr. Elliot wants you and I'm just going to go. Instead of potentially having a reason to actually be upset with Anne, he's just going to be a whiny baby about the fact that he doesn't get the toy. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> okay. what it is. And and I, I feel like this is backed up by the last line because Anne is like lamenting over the miseries of the attention that Mr. Elliot is giving her. And her line is, so the attentions, this is in reference mm. to the attention he gives her. Their evil was incalculable. Mm-hmm. Like the the intentions he gives her are preventing Wentworth from making a move, essentially. I still think that there was something said and he feels like Aunt did something or has feelings or something. There's some beef. I smell beef. Maybe. I can't remember exactly what happens there. I, I do know 100% for certain how they get together. But I can't remember what happens prior la, to that. La, 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 la. Anyway. Well, I think that that's it for these chapters. It is. So we're going to finish the book chapters. next time. Yeah, we are. This is a really short one. Yeah. But I'm okay with that uh, after reading Mansfield Park, <laughs> which was very big. It's very big. Not as big as Emma, though. No. <laughs> well, it might have been. They're about the same. But that's not the point. But uh, yeah, so our next chapters are chapters 21 through 24. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four. Yes, count brain math numbers. Awesome. Chapters 21 through 24 or 21 through the end of the book. Yep. I assume we're going to finish it, finally figure out how this ends so I can see what's up. And uh, yeah, so that'll be it. And that'll be it for us reading persuasion so we will see you guys next time bye Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast.